tell your mama. Fuck hey! Oh! What the hell are you doing on the ground? That hurts. Well, it's supposed to hurt. That pain's what's gonna save your life. Your cells remember where it hurts, and that's where they get strong. It's called pain and gain, Russ. You gonna man up? You better, because right now your sister's stronger than you. Give me your hand. Get up. What are you looking at, you little tubby broad? Don't eyeball me, boy. I see your mother driving up and down the street looking at me. I'll be your stepfather by the weekend. And as ever, I am joined by uh, Matt Foster. Hello, guys. Hello, all. And uh, yeah, we're back with uh, pretty much a, a straight up normal show today. So we are going to be uh, main reviewing Adam Wingard's latest, uh, The Guest, starring He's So Hot Right Now, uh, Dan Stevens. Uh, we'll also be talking about some One Old One New, um, some trailer talk. Uh, I think we're actually going to finally do like listener questions and feedback and whatnot and uh, also the first part of uh, Ian and Mark suck cocks in hell as we take a look at the uh, at William Friedkin's uh, classic The Exorcist. Uh, I've already told Mark I'm actually not going to do a one new on this week's show because I want to funnel more time into The Exorcist because uh, it's The Exorcist so there you go. Yeah. Uh, Mark anything to uh, anything can, to uh, say at all? No, I mean, it's not actually been uh, that long since we recorded. We were recorded on Wednesday, Wednesday so it's only, been, it's only been like a few days. So, yeah, so there's been quite a lot of film watching to fit in since since then, uh, to be honest. So, yeah, uh, I mean, there's nothing, nothing major has happened, I suppose, over the past few days, has it? Not really. No? Uh, <laughs> so, uh, let's, let's dive in. Cool, man. Okay, cool. So, uh, yeah, let's talk some trailers. So, I don't know. I mean, I've got a couple I could talk about, but probably not for too long. Um, what have you got, bud? 
I've got a couple, yeah. Um, trailer for Felony, the uh, Australian uh, film starring Jai Courtney, Tom Wilkinson and um, Joel Edgerton. Um, looks like it could be a, 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 a decent sort of you know thriller uh, there. Uh, Australia is producing some really, really good films in the, on the, sort of the past three or four years. Uh, and it, it's definitely a bit of a, a hotbed at the moment. Um, you know, Joel Edgerton being Australian, you know, and Jack Hart the same. Uh, it's good that they're still kind of going back there and, and making movies. And then you've got um, Tom Wilkinson, you know, you know, he's, I think he, he gets kind of slipped under the radar a little bit for the, the sheer amount of work that he gets through, the, the sheer sort of quality of the work he gets through. Um, but that looks interesting. Interesting that it's actually, it's out in, I think, a week's time, a week tomorrow on iTunes. Uh, in the states, okay. uh, and then it's it's out the following month in theaters okay. in the states. So it's out on the I think the fifteenth uh, on iTunes, and then on the seventeenth of October in, uh, in in theaters, which is you know it, it's it, it's an increasingly uh, regular thing that is happening where they're allowing the film to kind of get a little bit of buzz going on VOD, uh, and then allowing people to go right. Well, here it is actually in. You know, if you want to go and see it in the theatre, you've heard it sounds great. Then go and see it in the theatre because you've heard it sounds great. So, so if that looks, you know, I'll I'll be catching it on on US iTunes probably. Um, the trailer for God Help the Girl, which is directed by um, Shuirk um, of Bell and Sebastian, which is out. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of, it's, it's, it's weird that like the trailer for that kind of came out, but it came out in the UK like last weekend. I'm not too sure what happened mm. there. Well, it's, it's strange because the, the 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 film actually screened at picture houses uh, with a Q and A like a couple of weeks ago, mm. uh, and I was I was tempted to go and see it, but um, it was on a Sunday night, and I think we were I don't think it was we were recording. No, it was a Sunday after I got back from uh, from Fest, yeah. uh and we weren't recording. But I just thought, you know what, I, I can't bother to go for that. Um, it looks incredibly twee and incredibly kind of. That aiming at that kind of hipsterish. I'm 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 not a massive Bell and Sebastian fan, but I'm a I would count myself as being a Bell and Sebastian fan. And even that isn't making me want to go. Yes, I'm going to watch that. I'll catch it at some point, but I'm not. I'm not holding out that much hope that it isn't going to just annoy me. To be honest. Trailer uh, for the Equalizer. Um, there's actually quite a lot. Of, I think we spoke about this uh, off off air uh, at Breakfast. And that feels quite a lot of uh, buzz I'm, around. I'm fucking pumped for the equaliser, I must say. Yeah, um, I'm I, I'm very much looking forward to uh, the, the trailer. I'm, I'm hoping just doesn't do it justice because I was a little bit like, you know what? The story of the equaliser and Denzel Washington and everything I've heard about it, I, I'm very up for this film. Yeah. And then the trailer was like, oh, uh, this looks like it's going to be quite. All the action is going to be quite slow. And I'm not a massive fan of the frenetic action, but is it going to be slow because Denzel Washington looks like he's just walking through it? Mm. Uh, so I'm very much looking forward to it because I think it's going to be just balls out fun. But there's a little part of me going, uh, yeah, with it. Um, and then um, the final one was the red band for the ABCs of Death uh, 2. And I just couldn't give a fuck. Just, I have absolutely no interest in watching this film at all. Uh, I'm pretty much done with this 
horror anthology revival uh, where it's just a load of backslapping directors uh, directing something and making it as gory and offensive as possible and just trying to just make essentially a, a comedy. And I just, not a single thing in it made me go, ooh, that looks interesting. It all made me go... <laughs> and also, both me and Becky will watch trailer for the same thing. It, how can this be a one-of-a-kind a one film when it's a sequel? That's a better point. Uh, I just, just, just don't care. Barely made it through ABCs of Death. Um, so I, I, I just don't give a fuck. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll watch it, but, you know, because it, it kind of, to be fair, it looks like there's not a lot of the same directors returning, so I'm... I'm it's all new directors, I think. Oh, is it really? So, I mean, like, yeah, that's... all new. That's somewhat intriguing. And there were a couple of sections in ABCs of Death which I thought were okay, but the gen... Like, the thing is, the ABCs of Death kind of summed up that problem from the last couple of, like, the last couple of years where... That, you know, I was worried about it being a bit frat boy, kind of like just very broad tits and gore, and that's kind of a lot of what yeah. it was, even though one of the yeah. producers of it actually tweeted me like before I'd even seen it when I was just watching the trailer saying, no, it's not like that at all. And it was just like, no, it really was, basically. But there were which, which, sections, like D is for dog, uh, dog fight, U is for unearthed, which was uh, the Ben Wheatley one, I believe. Um, o is for orgasm. Um, you know, I mean, T is for toilet. There, there were good ones. It's just there was a lot of shit. Yeah, it just, I mean, that, I mean, I know I've said it doesn't sound like bothering me shit with people with it. I, I have a real fucking a real hatred for this frat boy horror um, that we seem to be going through nowadays. It, it really fucking really it is a bugbear for me. I, uh, I, I, I think we're coming out the other side of that, though, I must say. I think I, I, yeah, I, I, actually, I, I agree. I, I, I definitely, definitely, I think there's, there's still a few few people who are, who are clinging on to it, but um, I think there are certain um, directors who are maybe like you say, pulling it out the other end and going, oh, well, actually, do you know what? People are right. It, you know, there was a bit of an issue with that. So, uh, yeah, I'd agree with that, uh, that, we're, that we're hopefully coming out of the other end of it. Now, what, what have you caught? Because that was, that was all I've caught so, so far. Okay, so um, I, I, saw the, I saw the kind of the international trailer for Dracula Untold. That was in front of the guest for me, which, um, I don't know, that's, a, that's one where I am literally only going to see that if, A, there is nothing else out that week, or, B, if it actually gets good reviews. Um, it, it just feels like a why. <laughs> it's like why bother the film? Why bother? Yeah, yeah. No. I, 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 yeah I've actually a couple of these that you're gonna say I might remember because I might have seen them before the guest. You say yeah. Um, so yeah, that was that. I, I that. Um, the new trailer for Horrible Bosses two. I want like the teaser trailer. I thought was terrible. I'm kind. I am kind of interested in Chris Pine joining Chris them. Chris Pine. Yes, I'm. I'm actually yeah. There's a great bit in the trailer uh, where they're, where um, Charlie Day is talking about where he sits in the car in the middle, mm-hmm. and then it cuts to another bit and Chris Pine's just sat in the middle. And I just, and it did make me think, do you know what? I bet that's terrible, but I bet Chris Pine is incredibly entertaining in it. Yeah, I'm. Um, I do apologise. I am eating. I'll stop. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, it's. Um, I, I am intrigued because that again, Horrible Bosses Two is one where if there is nothing else out that week, that trailer actually makes me kind of want to give it a shot. But otherwise, I will totally just watch it you know, at home in a few months. Like, I, mm. like really, I don't. 
why that film's getting a sequel. I don't, apart from the fact that it made money, I don't know, but then again, it made money, so. Um, and uh, lastly, I suppose, I saw the trailer for uh, Monsters Dark Continents, which, um, I don't know. I'm kind of interested if, like, Vertigo are going to take this, mon- like, Monsters and then just do stories set in that world, but in completely different styles. Um, yeah. Like, that would be... Like I don't know, like the, what they were originally going to do with Halloween or something, where it was going to be all Halloween, but different directors telling different stories. Um, you know, th- I think that's kind of interesting. But then I don't. I, it kind of this looks like it could all go very wrong. Um, then, but then again, Sean Harris. You know, he's Sean Harris, and he's pretty great, apart from when he likes rocks. So um, you know, <laughs> it, 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 I, I, I'm. I'm I'm somewhat ready to give that a go, but again, it is the, I will see that if there's nothing else out that week, otherwise I will happily just watch it on the small screen, like, none of these trailers are really saying I must watch this in the cinema, you know, um, yeah, but hey, I'm, I'm intrigued, I'm more intrigued by the news that Sean Harris is apparently in negotiations to be the lead villain in Mission Impossible 5, that's awesome. Uh, that's 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 interesting. I I I could definitely see that happening. It, it's the sort of move they'd make because he when you you hear that you do go, oh, do you know what? Yeah, that'd work. Totally, totally. So um, yeah, why not? Hey, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Monsters Dark Continent. I I I don't know. I don't know. It kind of looks like it might piss all over the point of the first one but um yeah. yeah but you know we'll see but that that was it for me um, um i also did actually see the trailer for uh the riot club oh do you know what yeah it. yeah no i saw that in front of the guest yeah. uh, in front of the guest actually yes 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 yeah um you couldn't literally literally couldn't make a film that i want to watch less than that yeah film. pretty much it looks like it's annoying 90 minutes the film. Yeah, it, it it just looks like a massive just fuck off of a film. It, just, it looks like it, it's gonna go. Oh, look up! Look at these! Look at these hyper privileged boys! Look at them! Look at look at them! Look at them! Look how look how terrible they are! While also at the same time glorifying them. It's made in Chelsea. The film for people who don't want to admit that they watch made in Chelsea. Yeah, it, it, I just. I was watching the trailer and I thought, is is this is this actually a fucking joke? And I, I was I, when I cut out, I had to check to make sure that this was a real film. Mm. I was I was that just appalled. Uh, yeah, what? Who, seriously, who the fuck is watching that shite? I really hope that fails miserably. Do you know what? If it gets good reviews, I'll check it out. But again, I'm going to check it out at home. I am so okay with just watching shit at home now. And it, it, it is basically because of Lottie, but it's also decreasing projection standards. The fact I'm not paying Cineworld any more money, you know, so I'm going, mm. I'm going to showcase and whatnot. But it just, I, I really am at the point for like personal and kind of professional in terms of like the the filmmaking like the film exhibition world if i had to pay a fiver premium to watch something at home instead of in the cinema these days and i could get it in 5.1 
you know, if it, if it worked with my surround setup, I'd, I'd, I'd pay the premium these days. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah, I'd be exactly the Extra 20 quid a month, why not? I, like, I'm, and the thing is, the rise of VOD, I am perfectly happy with. A, like, I'd say, probably, at the moment, it's probably a 40-60 split in terms of 40% I stuff I'm I'm genuinely interested goes to VOD 60% goes to the cinema I could see I could see that reverse like that switching quite quickly um, I don't want to get into this too much but I you know I am done even though then again then again slight spoiler for what I thought of the guest the fact that the guest got a wide release tickles mm, me a wide release as well yeah, yeah like and, and, and it, 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 and it's because of Dan Stevens yeah but, but, but it, it's, it's, done, it's done very very well apparently oh really apparently it's doing it's doing very well um, I was chatting to somebody at the, the view when I saw it at, um, and they said it, it's been probably um, their most solid um Film of the, of the of the weekend. There were five people in my showing, so you know. Uh, mine was in it. was in one of the smaller screens, but it was it was pretty full. Interesting. I mean, we'll we'll get to the guest, but you know, I I, I there, there was stuff about that film that I like. The fact was on a big screen, and mm. I suppose you would kind of miss that. But at the same time, a lot of people talk about going going to the cinema for like the communal experience and whatnot, and it's like. I can't help but think a lot of that is probably, you know, people like paid critics who go to film festivals are in screenings with like-minded people, get to have conversations with like-minded people afterwards. Yeah, it, it's one of those things that it's like, sorry, have you ever been to a, a multiplex to go and see uh, something on like a, I don't know, a Wednesday night? Yeah. Then tell me about the communal experience of watching a fucking film. There you go. Because I absolutely, absolutely refuse to go anywhere near a cinema on a Wednesday. I just mm-hmm. will not do it. Mm-hmm. There was actually one thing, actually, that I did want to quickly mention. Have you seen uh, that um, Brad Pitt, Robert De Niro, and Leonardo DiCaprio are starring in a casino movie directed by Martin Scorsese? Isn't it an ad? It is an ad, right? It is a. It is essentially. It's not. It's not an ad. Apparently, they're saying it's not an ad. It's a promo film. Right for um, James Packer's um, casinos and holiday resorts he's got in uh, Vegas. Do you know what the budget is <laughs> Go on. for this film? Have a, have a guess, right? <laughs> it's got Brad Pitt, Robert De Niro, and Andy DiCaprio. It's by Mike Scorsese, and I think it's going to be about twenty minutes long. Have a guess how much the budget is. Hundred million. Not far off. Shut up. What? Honestly, I'm not far off. It, it, it's between 55 and 65 million. That's hilarious. Brad Pitt, Robert De Niro, Leonardo DiCaprio, and Scorsese are getting 13 million dollars each. <laughs> each. Apparently, DiCaprio, Pitt, uh, but apparently all of them essentially are donating it to to charity. Do you know what? Good for them. Fuck it. If they which if they if they can get some yeah. casino to pay them that amount of money, good for them. Yeah, um, and you know, it's a, a lot of what that cost will be. I'm guessing will be uh, tax write offable. <laughs> <or say>. mm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it is just insane that we're about to talk about a movie. Um, the guest that probably cost what maybe five million dollars at max. Yeah, yeah, uh, and a 20 minute promo for um, some 
casino as a result costs more than the majority of movies uh, that will be made this year. It is is mind-boggling. That's crazy. Sorry, that's crazy. Sorry, I've lost you. <laughs> no, 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 I was just um, uh, having a hard time swallowing some, um, some spaghetti. Um, that's fucked. It is, isn't it? It really is. <laughs> it is fucking mad. <laughs> the thing is, I'm actually really looking forward to seeing it. <laughs> yeah, so you're right. Well, yeah, that fucking cast and Scorsese, why not, eh? Um, yeah. Cool, okay. Should we move on? Yes. Nice. Um, okay, so we're going to have a clip from The Guest, directed by and edited, edited and directed by, as the credit goes, by um, Adam Wingard, uh, written by Simon Barrett, starring um, Manica Monroe, um, Dan Stevens, uh, Leyland Orsa, um, Mo- uh, fucking something Kelly, Shauna Kelly, maybe, the mum, after her name was... Uh, Sheila Kelly. Sheila Kelly, uh, thank you, and uh, others. And um, here's a clip from the trailer. Or here's a clip from the film. Whatever, a clip. Luke, I need to take a shower. Luke! Luke, come on, I need... I'm sorry. Um, no, 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 I am sorry. I thought Luke was in there. I'm gonna go get dressed. Yeah, yeah, you should have. Should probably do that. Okay, so the guest uh, story is uh, David, played by Dan Stevens, is a. ex-comrade of um, a, uh, a son in a family who died in Afghanistan. He comes to kind of essentially kind of pay his respects and try and help the family. Um, he ingratiates his way in, um, but all is not what it seems. Is David actually David? Is he somebody else? Is he there to help them? Is he there to harm them? And uh, how many times can we get a cut to a shot with... On the soundtrack, <laughs> Mark, what did you think of the guest? Um, it's funny actually, um, because times um, for the guest uh, at the cinema, well, the only cinema I could see it in York, were, were, were terrible and were incredibly inconvenient for me. So I nearly actually texted you to say, could we do uh, They Came Together? Because that's out on VOD in the States. Um, and then I saw you, you tweeted after you'd seen it saying the guest or before you saw it saying fuck yeah and I thought well no I'll, I'll go to this screen I can I can just about make that one so I made that one um, I can absolutely say I've thought about this since I watched it um, if you take away The Wolf of Wall Street the guest would be my number one film so far this year nice. I absolutely love every single wonderful second of it um it is over the top it, it phones stuff in completely in a, just an obvious way everything you expect to happen pretty much happens um they shoehorn a um a halloween uh, motif into it 
um, which at first um, I remember, guys, we are all sports all the time. At first I was going, all right, is this where it's going to fall apart a little bit now? And then within minutes it's like, do you know what? No, 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 I'm already on. I'm already too much on board to give a shit. Um, it is by no means a perfect film, but that didn't stop me from absolutely loving every single second of its 99-minute runtime. Uh, and Dan Stevens was absolutely brilliant. Uh, charismatic as fuck in this film. Yeah, he, he has to walk an interesting tightrope here, both mm. in terms of like the people in the film's sympathies towards him, but also the audiences. And like, I, I mean, by the end of the film, you are just like, "Fuck yeah, he's still alive! Awesome!" Yeah, you know? yes. <laughs> just, uh, yes. Which is, I would, I was, I was upset at that moment. <laughs> which is insane considering the amount of innocent people he kills but it's it yeah. just I, I don't know I mean like I, it's I mean I, I won't say it's going to be my number one film of the year pardon me but it, it's a top 10 candidate I would say and I can't imagine it not being in my top 15 um, what a what a joy this is like yeah, seriously that, that is yeah, that, that's the perfect way to describe it. It is, it is an utter joy. That, and as well, like what you're saying, is, this is getting, this is on the side of buses, there's posters where, and yeah, it is because of Dan Stevens, because he's in Downtown Abbey, um, which I never watched and don't even know what it's about yeah. at all. Um, I have no inclination of it at all. But, you know, not only is an Adam Wingard film playing wide, it, it, it's a film that is, this knowing of itself and this playing a, a, a certain um, it, it very much is attempting to do what it does. It's not a film that is like it is by accident. Every kind of nuance of it, uh, it is quite clearly staged and is supposed to be there. I mean, the fact is when it, when the credits first came up and it says the guest and it's in that purple lettering that's like from the keep. That was the moment I thought, do you know what? That looks like the keeps lettering. Do you know what? Um, yeah. It's it's the harsh cut as well. And I know I mentioned the harsh cut earlier yeah. on. But they do that a lot in this film and it never gets old. Mm. I like it just that opening where it's just him running and you you're expecting yeah. something and then just crash with a bow which like it, mm. it, I mean that stuff was like out straight out of Halloween three. Yeah, you know, yes. I mean, it's it's, and that's awesome. I mean, like you say, the fact this is getting a wide release, and I have seen a lot of people on Twitter because the Icon Film Distribution Twitter have been retweeting people fucking like like yes. a comment over this film, like no one's business. I actually saw somebody I follow on Twitter, I can't remember who, actually say to him, "Can you fucking calm down, please? Like, we get it's your film, we get you doing your job." I'm getting pretty much getting spammed here, you know. And but in a lot of these tweets they were retweeting, they were talking about oh how influenced it was by Drive, and it's like I I I think there are elements of that. I mean Dan Stevens' general kind of weird edgy charisma and his you know to an extent his look, the you know the soundtrack yeah. which it has that kind of eighties thing as well. But I I don't know. It's, it's not Drive. It's it's way more. 
playing in that carpenter, like, 80s wheelhouse of, you know, kind of action, thriller, horror, comedy, like, those films where you can't really tell what kind of genre it is. I mean, like, you, I mean, this isn't one that I I, I think it's directly referenced, but something like uh, The Hidden, for example, where, like, is Mm. it a horror film? Is it an action film? Is it a comedy? You know, and it's, it's so hard to pin down and, and and yet you, you, it doesn't feel messy in the slightest. It, it just it, it it is its very own singular beast. Yeah, and it, like you say, at points this film, you know, are not at one or two points. You know, there's a lot of kind of chuckles. There, there was a, I had one proper actual proper guffaw belly laugh during the movie where I actually only started laughing. And then, but I was very aware of the fact that I was the only person uh, in my screening that was laughing. You know the bit where he's, where he's talking to the principal of the school? Mm. Um, and he says to the mother, uh, David says to the mother, uh, do you want to sue them? And she goes, no, not really. And he goes, we're suing you and we're suing the school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that killed me. That- I, was in, I was actually in bits. That whole and bit I was incredible, start- though. That whole yeah, sequence. I- in, in, he's. In, I think this is a sort of one of those films where, similar to to, to something like Drive, I, I think, like you said, people compare it to Drive because there is a a, a, a Gosling esque charisma that comes from Dan Stevens. But this is like you say, there's a lot more playfulness within this movie. Uh, it's not quite as as melodramatic as Drive, and I adore Drive. So this is that isn't a criticism of Drive in any way, but. You know, Driver in Drive is very much a, a different character than David in, in, in this movie. Um, but I think once you once you've got the feeling of of the character, you're just going to have so much fun. You're thinking, what's he going to do next? And every moment you're thinking, what's he going to do that's going to be fucking cool here? <laughs> yeah, I mean that, that that that's the thing. I mean, and I like the way that his kind of switch into into kind of bogeyman but like weirdly hilarious bogeyman is is actually mm. explained by the plot you know the whole kind of like once he feels like he's completely cornered he will you know he he will just stop at nothing to survive essentially mm. um, even if he, even if he wants to stop he wouldn't be able to yeah so yeah exactly so like uh, like a little bit earlier on you got him in the, just after the principal scene where the, the kid is, like, saying all this stuff, and he's basically telling him the whole... Which I thought was great as well. He's basically telling him the whole backstory. And he's like, mm. well, that's an interesting theory, you know? And, it, and um, just <laughs> the whole fact that, like, if he'd thought he'd been backed into a corner then, he would have just killed him. If, like, he had activated that mode in him, he would have just killed him without a second's thought. You know, whereas, mm. like, l- later on, you know, with the, um, the girly shags, uh, and, mm. and, and they're in the restaurant, and he's just like, ugh. The shoots her, and yeah. then just like with their kind of like, oh, for the... fuck's sake, look, just like chucks these grenades down as if he's that just is going. A wonderful, glorious moment. Yeah, and it's almost as if he's kind of fighting it, but at the same time, he's just like, oh, fuck it. Yeah, he just goes for yeah. it. It's, it's, it's incredible. It's the way he rolls them. Yeah. It's the way he literally takes it off and he just rolls them in a, in a, well, I might as well enjoy it if I'm doing it. <laughs> Exactly. A, that. I, I almost, I almost expected a roll of it as he walked out, just to flip a bird <laughs> and then just walk yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was, it was, it was glorious. 
that moment. That's that is one of my singular favourite moments in cinema from this year. Yeah, I mean that that's that's the thing, and I mean it, it, it's. But I mean, all this stuff kind of like for those who haven't seen it, I don't think it comes out in the US for a couple of weeks actually. But all this stuff kind mm. of sounds superficial, and I suppose in a in a way it is because it is. I mean, it it's kind of lovingly derivative, um, it, yeah. but in in. I don't know. In, in its combination of elements, it still it still feels relatively fresh. And I mean, there's some interesting character stuff in here as well. I mean, like Leland Orser's character. By the way, it's nice to see Leland Orser not playing like a bugged out, just like freak for once, just like a normal yeah. person. That's nice. But the the way that his character like announces, like I'm I'm going to have a drink before my dinner. Would you like one? And he he keeps on. Like saying, "I'll you know have a beer with me," and he, 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 it's you know that little bit of he's obviously not super happy in his life, and it doesn't inform the plot in any way, but it just gives a bit of character, and it's you know it, it feels a bit more lived in, I suppose. Um, yeah, you know, you, you get the feeling the fact that there's always the fact that the family never actually talk about Caleb, the, the son that's died. None of them ever talk about him. The only person who ever talks about him is uh, David yeah. mentions him a few times, but there's no like uh, we miss him so much or anything like that. It's just it, and there's no oh, having you here is like having kids. There's none of that. It's just it seems to be that they just they like the familiarity of somebody else being in the house, mm-hmm. and you get to see how the, the breakdown of everything of how everyone's kind of broken about it but nobody kind of talks about it like it's the elephant in the room yeah. I mean I, I yeah exactly I, mean, I, I really like the first the, the first act and the mm. way the way that like um oh, what's the girl's name in it um uh, Anna Anna I like the way that yeah. she kind of starts off being a bit suspicious of him but then she kind of almost falls for him um, I mean, I, yeah. I think there is a slight complaint to be had in the, like, the scene where it kind of looks like they might get it on. And then the yeah. very next scene is her overhearing him on the phone and then her like phoning the military hospital. And she just basically goes from, do you know what, I'm actually kind of into him to he's not him, he's not him, he's not him, I am against him. It was a little bit, I was kind of thinking like there might be a bit more struggle in her. Because of yeah. because of like wh- like how fond she'd grown of him, but then I mean like you know for every moment of that I mean there's there's the moment where um, David laughed after us, she's accused him in front of the family like he comes in and he's very much like don't say anything I'm gonna be out of your hair do we agree do we understand each other and she's like yeah and then he he takes the CD he's oh I'm really looking forward to listening to it and it's almost as if that's like a really it's a, a very subtle like, invasion of her life. You know, like, yeah. it, it, it's, I mean, it, it's, if you want to get really pretentious about it, it's almost like a kind of a, a psychological rape or something, like taking this thing that she created for him when she thought he was somebody else. You know, I mean, and, yeah. you know, a bit, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't lay that on thick, you know, but I mean, I, I like those moments in the, um, the Sun character, um, his his relationship with David, I thought was um, I, I, I thought was really interesting. Again, it would have been it would have been interesting if that was played a little bit more within the last act instead of him just being like, David wouldn't do that. He killed mum and dad. Oh, you're just saying that. Oh, yeah. oh, oh okay. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it, 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 there's just a couple of like 
character perception leap. So it's just a little bit too quick for me. But I mean, these these are nitpicks. These are fucking nitpicks. But they 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 were things that I just noticed through the course of the film. But thankfully, everything else around them is is amazing, is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it is it is. Hopefully, this is one of those you know career launching performances yeah. for uh, Dan Stevens because he's. I mean, for a start, his American accent is pretty much it doesn't falter at all throughout the film. It stays on one level. He's incredibly charismatic. Um, I, I, um, he at the end of it, I was like, yes, there better be a sequel because I could quite easily watch another story of this. Whether it's the kids try to track him down or anything like that, I, I'm just on board for spending more time like with him going also, on a revenge easy. mission and just like mercilessly yeah. killing anyone who comes in his path, comes into his path, versus her tracking him down, tracking him, trying to stop Holy him. Yeah, that, I, I, yes, yes, yeah. I, I, I would watch the shit out of that. Mm. Um, yeah, but and also he is an incredibly handsome man. At this point, I watch it going. Is, yeah, he's he is so handsome. <laughs> I actually nearly at one point turned around to the girl next to me because she went. I, well, at one point, the, the girl sat not directly in the seat next to me, but a seat across. Um, and you know the bit where he comes out of the shower. Yeah. She audibly went. Oh. And, and he kind of emerges out of the steam. Yeah, that's steam, that's which is just wonderful. Yeah, and, and she just went. Oh, and I sort of turned around and nodded. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, like, it, it just, it's its ridiculous. I mean, like, like you say in Bad Neighbours, I, I rewatched that this, uh, a couple of days, but like you say in Bad Neighbours, it looks like his, bod, his chest is made as if everything is just pointing to his dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it just, it's ridiculous. It, 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 it makes you look at it and you go, I am such a failure. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's, I didn't look at him and thought, if I ever met him I, and I hugged him, I don't think I'd ever be able to let go. Yeah. And the thing is as well, I mean, like, there was a really good interview with him on the Empire Magazine podcast this week where <laughs> he just seems like a really nice guy who he knows his shit thing. as well. And it, yeah, he, 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 he does seem like he, he's got, you know, it, it, like... This is the sort of film he'd watch. Yeah, he's got a solid cinematic vocabulary by the sounds of him. And, I mean, he's in A Walk Among the Tombstones as well. And um, mm. I'm just like, yeah, bring it on. And he's, play- he's, he's playing, like, a, a bit of a dodgy guy now as well, apparently. It's like, yeah, brilliant. Good good for you, Downton Abbey, man. You know. Have, have you seen the, the, uh, the This Morning thing as well? Yeah. The, the, you had to beat off a lot of Americans to get this role, and he just he, he, he handles it in the most wonderfully kind of embarrassed but amusing way. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it's and it's all sort of stuff like that makes you go. Do you know what? I I hope that this is incredibly successful for a few reasons. One, it's a great film. It is. I I literally I, I've already said to Becky. Ooh, do you know what? After, because it's the quiz night tomorrow night, after the quiz, do you want to go watch The Guest? Because it's the sort of film where I want to share it with other people and say, this is brilliant, watch it. And if they don't like it, I, I'll be like, you didn't like it? No, it's not like this. I'm like, ah, fuck you. 
Move on to the next person. Did you like it? Yes. Uh, and I actually saw a chap that I know was in the same training as me, uh, and he came out to me afterwards uh, as I was leaving to sort of say, what do you think? What do you think? And I was like, it, it, it's brilliant. He went, oh, good. Because so, I was the same. He, he said, but there's people like who were sat next to me who were, who were just moaning all the way through it. <laughs> and it was like it was like that. It is just such a, 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 a joy and a pleasure to watch. Yeah, it is. And I mean, it, I mean, it, it does that kind of eighties thing so very well. But I mean, they, yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean, it nails that stuff down. But I mean, Dan Stevens is good. I mean, the the girl uh, Manica Monroe again. I think I said no. Uh, that's probably wrong. But um, she she was good. She kind of she's got that kind of that uh, which I think is very intended. The uh, Linda Hamilton thing. I mean, also the fact she's a waitress, but you know, um, yeah. it, it, but the fact that she seems like she could be the innocent girl, but if there was a sequel, it does kind of seem like she could badass she it could up a bit. You know, and so yeah. I mean, like that was knowing casting, but effective. It just it does. I mean, like Dan Stevens again on that the, the Empire podcast said that basically, like when um, Simon Barrett came up with the idea, it was like he'd. Did, done a double bill of the Terminator and Halloween, and, and yeah. then came up with the idea. And he he was trying to make a film about PTSD, and it, he kind of merged them. And it's just yeah, cool. I mean, even yeah, it, even, it, it, even the shadowy corporation, you know, like, the, um, Lance Reddick, um, uh, the um, magnificently um, uh, cheekboned uh, black dude um, who was in Fringe as well, uh, like. He feels like he's 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 from the eighties, you know. I, I mean, the corporation yeah. feels like it's from the eighties. It just it, it does feel like, like 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 a division of Skynet. Straight <laughs> up, yeah, you know, and it, it just it, I, it it pushes it pushes all the buttons in a pandering way, but also the the acting is really way. good. The action is solid. I mean, like shootout in the house is really good. And it, yeah, I mean, it, it, it works. I mean, it's just, in the style and the content, it just, it really, really, really flies. Mm. I, what, I'll, what I'll say is, I read a thing um, that said that um, Dan Stevens is on a short list for the um, new Escape From film, which yeah. apparently isn't, it, it, it isn't going to be a direct remake, it's going to be kind of like a prequel leading at the possibility of a remake. Um, and you know, at the time I was like, I, I have no opinion on it because I've not really seen Dan Stevens in anything. Um, you know, and I'm not just going to say no, he shouldn't be in it because of because he's in uh, Downton Abbey or anything like that. Because you know, I thought, well, he's doing the guest, which looks fucking really interesting. Um, do you know what? After that, yeah, yeah. I, I could see him playing a, a young Snake Plissken. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, I could see that kind of because he dealt with the. He dealt with the throwaway comedy of it all. The, the, the bar scene, for instance, um, it, it, that kind of bit where he, he's doing that, that it works so well. Uh, and he's he had this real authoritative but kind of calm line delivery. And I could imagine him saying the commie snake <laughs> line yeah. now. Yeah. And it, it, it working really well. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely spot on, man. Uh, yeah. Have we got anything else to say? I, I I don't because it'll just be me saying about how much I loved it. To be honest, even more. Yeah. Um, it's from me without question. I definitely not shit. Like I say, 
currently as it stands, and I've thought about this quite a bit since I watched it, and I watched it yesterday. Um, had it not been for Wolf Wall Street, um, my um, utter adoration of that movie, uh, I think the guest is currently my number two movie of the year. Um, just for the sheer amount of enjoyment I got out of it. Yeah, fair play. I mean, uh, yeah, de- definitely not shit. I mean, really, definitely not shit. And, uh, yeah, um, I, I, I doubt. I'll be as consistently like entertained and buzzing off a film in the rest of the year, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 pretty much why where I am with it. Nice. Okay, cool. So that's great stuff. So two definitely not shits for the guests, and uh, we're going to take a break for some promos, and then we'll be back with some one old one new. <laughs> It was a childhood corrupted by endless hours of VHS rentals. We'll shake the manager, you'd love it. In his most formative years, he had seen it all. Action. Karate is not to be used aggressively. But if I have no other choice. Horror. And romance. He's decided it's time to go back for just one more adventure. Humans are such an easy prey. Noel Miller presents. You're the problem, you little shit. The Adventures in VHS podcast. Join me, Noel Miller, as each month I take an in-depth look at one movie from my collection of ex-rental 80s VHS classics and speak to one or two of the people involved with making them about what the format means to them. The Adventures in VHS podcast. Thank you. Have a nice day. Download today from iTunes by searching for Adventures in VHS or visit adventuresinvhs.com. Are you tired of film podcasts where the hosts exist in a constant, blissful state of agreement? I mean, the main, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I've ever encountered in any film. Well, you're in luck. Let me introduce you to Chinstroker and Punter. One is an ex-film student with a penchant for David Lynch and art cinema. The other is a man on the street. Listen in perplexed and horrified terror as we tear apart one film a week. It just really It's isn't. not visually striking. No. I just, just getting confirmation. It's just been, that's the third time though. I mean, am I, this is on. You can find us at csvsp.libson.com. So come and share the bit true. If you could any man in film, who would it be and why? My answer is Lance Henriksen. Oh. He wouldn't tell. He looks like somebody. <laughs> he looks like somebody who can keep a secret. Oh yeah, I forgot that I was just about to take a swig of beer and then I thought, hang on a second, we don't take a break, we just get into so yeah, anyway, uh, <laughs> one old one new. Uh, you put promos in, don't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's the thing, I was thinking like, I'll just let the promos break, uh, play, I'm just gonna have a little drink, you know, just fucking you know. <laughs> um, okay, so uh it's it's one old one new. Um I am skipping the one old I'll just say really briefly, I rewatched your next, uh just because of the guest. Which I, I still really enjoy. I think the guest is a cut above your next, but I think your next is fucking solid. And as I said earlier, I rewatched Bad Neighbours, which is just a really good film to just stick on and chill out to. That 
I, that might go in the rotation for me, actually, in that kind of a way. Uh, but does, does that, that, that hold up quite well, then? Yeah, it did for me. I, 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 yeah, yeah it still made me laugh a lot. So, yeah, good stuff, Bad Neighbours. And, uh, yeah, I mean, so, fuck, that's my one old. But uh, uh, those are my two old, I suppose. But, Mark, go on. Uh, one old, one new. Uh, I'll throw in, uh, I'll throw in my one old, I've not actually got that, that much to say about my one old, uh, as well. Um, mainly because, I'll be honest, I watched the majority of it, um, but I, I think I fell asleep about 10, 15 minutes in the middle of it, but I have seen this film several times, so, you know, it is that, but it is actually also the only old thing I watched this week. Uh, and it was 30 Days of Night, uh, the 2007, um, vampire movie based on the 30 Days of Night, um, graphic novel um, and I remember this came out there was quite a lot of kind of buzz about it um, and I, I watched it at the cinema with Becky and it, really enjoyed it and then watched it on DVD when it came out again um, thoroughly enjoyed it but I haven't sort of revisited it in a, in a sort of fair few years so it, it was kind of interesting to go back to, um, to watching it and seeing what it's like uh, and it, it is it's a really really solid um, kind of Modern horror film uh, that I don't think it, I mean it had a terrible sort of sequel was it or was it a, was it a TV director TV sequel they made for it uh, I think came out uh, yeah uh, no there was, a, there was a sequel and there was a mini series um, essentially it's set in a town in Alaska called Barrow um, where every year it has thirty days where it descends into complete darkness um, and a group of vampires decide that this is a great place to go and essentially have uh, essentially a thirty day buffet uh, on the residence there. A small group of residents led by Josh Hartnett and, and Melissa George who are a an ambulance air ambulance um worker and the local sheriff uh, and they also happen to be married but happen to be going through a little bit of a separation at this moment are kind of thrown together um, to lead this this group of uh, survivors to try and ensure that they remain survivors and don't become fodder um, this was I think it was David Slade's second movie uh, after Hard Candy I believe um, uh, yeah I think uh, which, you know, again, Hard Candy was a, you know, that was a really well-received uh, movie and did did very, very well, um, sort of uh, critically. Uh, I, don't, I don't know about commercially because it, it's one of those films where you never really, you never really find out how sort of films like that did commercially. I think it probably did all right. But then uh, 30 Days of Night did really well. And then he went on to do uh, one of the Harry Potter films, didn't he? Or, no, no, one of the Twilight films, was it? He did after that. Oh, uh, Yes. Yeah, he did the Twilight Eclipse, and I just I'm mean, gonna look. That is the that's the only films he's he's directed. Has he not directed one since? Yeah. Um, no, because he went into no. TV. I swear he's done some. Yeah, TV. he's now doing Hannibal. He's he's doing the he's doing uh, episodes of Hannibal. But it just seems strange that he'd go from you know that he'd have something as strong as Hard Candy, and then Thirty Days a Night, uh, and then do the Twilight Twilight Eclipse, which you know is. It's a Twilight movie. They're not great movies, but they're not they're not as bad as you know some people would like to say they are. Let's say, um, but he's done you know nothing of merit since, and I think it, it, it's a shame because bits of Thirty Days of Night it, it does lose its way a little bit uh, in sort of like the middle the middle act. Um, 
and it, you know it could be tightened up to be a, a sort of a, a really tight ninety minute horror movie rather than a you know a hundred and ten minute horror movie. But it still holds up really well. The story still sits together really well. Uh, the gore and it's pretty you know is pretty good. Uh, it's a little bit too CGI heavy, but it, it was a horror movie made in two thousand and seven. You know before this new practical wave had kind of started again. Uh, but yeah, uh, Thirty Night still holds up, still really enjoyable. And David Slade, you know, throw 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 some out out there. Be nice. Nice. Let's say not talk for too long because yeah, we've got the exorcist to talk about. Yeah, cool man. I mean, I'll I'll go I'll, I'll go short as well. Because um, the thing is, I'm a little bit OCD when it comes to like what I to pick for my one old one new because I really want it to be since we last recorded um mm. but since yeah. we last recorded oh, yeah. apart from the guest i actually haven't watched anything new um i mean so i'll go for the thing i watched on the day that we last recorded yeah <laughs> um yeah so i watched the haunted house too all right is this is that the wind brothers no well it's um it's our <laughs> It's Marlon Wayans, yeah. I believe. Um, yeah. Um, so I didn't hate, hate, hate the first Haunted House, our Haunted House film. Um, it really, 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 really liked showing Marlon Wayans having sex. And it had a, 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 a fair vein of misogyny in it. But I I have a weird blind spot for Marlon Wayans. <laughs> and I don't know why, but I find him in himself funny. And I I don't know what it is, but I, I think his over-exaggerated facial expressions, they make me laugh. Um, some of the shit he comes out with, like off the cuff, just... It, it makes me laugh. And and the thing is, A Haunted House 2 is a bad film. I mean, no, I mean it, it, straight up, it's a bad film. But I laughed more than I should have. And the thing is, I don't recommend it to anyone. Because if I did, <laughs> I would be opening myself up for years to come to people atting me on Twitter and saying, you are a fucking idiot. So I'm going to say right now, I am a fucking idiot for the fact that I... Sorry, I, I, I say that all the time. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. But, I mean, like, A Haunted House 2, I would give it 2 out of 5. I think most people would give it 0.5 out of 5. So I think I'm already giving it at least four times as much credit as anyone else. But Marlon Wayans, and I I don't know what it is about the man, but then in combination with Cedric the Entertainer, um, who I actually, I don't know, I think some of the shit he comes out with is quite funny as well. Um, I just, I have a blind spot. And I I. And I enjoy them. I enjoy Marlon Wayans having a subplot about a little doll, like the Annabelle doll from The Conjuring and the forthcoming spin-off, becoming a psycho stalker who 
sets fire to his clothes and sends him pictures of her in bras and stuff. And I, I, I just, I don't know why. I find it funny. There's a primal thing in me that when I see Marlon Wayans get a text message of a doll in a bikini doing a kiss face at him, it makes me laugh. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you're, you're, you're actually you're, you're, you're very close to going I can hear you almost going do you know what it's a, it, it, I don't want to recommend it but I kind of do no, no I don't know that's the thing I don't because it's a, it, it, it's a shit film I mean there is a solid two or three minutes or so of Marlon Wayans performing really graphic sex acts with a doll and, and it just, I mean, it, that goes up. That bit is about 10 minutes in, and it goes on for ages. And, and I'm not entirely sure what, what, what the point of that was or anything, but, um. I'm gonna ask a question, and I kind of already know the answer, no. but I need to ask it. Would you have needed to have seen A Haunted House 1 to actually appreciate or understand the haunted house too um it's a good question no um there's a bit at the start that like kind of proceeds exactly from where haunted house one left off um mm. but after that as long as you basically know the setup of a haunted house where it's essentially paranormal activity um yeah and, and you know i mean that's essentially it this one it's uh even though it had a bit of the devil inside in it as well. Um, this one is uh, The Conjuring uh, meets The Devil Inside, meets Paranormal Activity, uh, meets Sinister. There's a, there's a strong sinister vein in there as well. I mean, there's even there's scenes where he's watching... Like, there's a bit where he like finds a bunch of home movies like Ethan Hawke does in Sinister. And there's like a sequence of him like do like do, putting the film in the projector and like all that kind of stuff, and then it just like cuts to a shot of like the projector with a fuckload of film just all over the place around the projector. And, and, and <laughs> I, I don't know, it just it made me laugh. Um, but then like he's watching these films, and there's this like this shadowy figure in the films, and then it's like he's trying to he's trying to hang people. But then, like it, it goes wrong, so then he climbs up the tree, and then he's on the branch, and then the branch falls down. And it's just, it's I, I don't, I, I just, it just made me laugh. And it's like there's a bit where like he's tying people to these boards and like pushing them in a pool, so they're trying to drown, but then they're just floating there. So then he's like, just this figure's just like jumping on him and trying to like, just like stand on them into the waters and they'll drown and I, I just I, I have a feeling at, at some point in the next kind of couple of years you're going to drunkenly shame watch a haunted house 2 again aren't I you might. <laughs> uh, do, do you know what I, I, I can never judge people on the on, on stuff they watch some of the crap I watch so if you got something out of it I'll power you buddy I just yeah I did and I, 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 I actually I think I am the death of cinema Saying that, <laughs> you know what I mean. But I, I just, I, I, I don't know. I'm not. No, I'm not going to recommend it. The thing is, it's it's shit. It's definitely shit. And there, I mean, there are stretches of it where you won't laugh at all. I mean, you really won't laugh at all. But 
I, I don't know. I mean, it's even got bits of the possession in there where, like, the girl's box, you know, that bit in the possession where she's saying, don't yeah. touch my box. There's a, there's yeah, the, bit, the, bit, the bit where we were all essentially giggling in uh, Fright Fest. Fest. Like, right. the, the audience was all giggling. I mean, there, there is stuff like, about that as What's well. about your box? My box is special. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, it just... I don't know. It... Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no way anybody will ever listen to another podcast where somebody talks positively about a haunted house <laughs> two out of five do you know what yeah do you know what I, do you know what it's making me go oh fuck I'm going to watch that now at some point aren't I <laughs> the thing is I'd be intrigued to see what you think of it. It's I mean like it's I, an hour I, I it's, will watch it it's, it's an hour twenty. I mean if uh, yeah. if you if if you like wanna just like juice your average as the film junk guys say, if you wanna ju- juice it, you know, Haunted House too, it's an hour twenty minutes long, you know. There you go, that's the film done. Yeah. I I I will watch it at some point, probably at some point this week. Good man. Text me any time, day or night, text me once you watched it. I will. <laughs> right. Cool, man. Right. Uh, do you want me to throw my one new at you? Yeah, do it. Cool. Um, I watched, literally, just before we recorded, actually, um, I watched, because uh, you need to watch something, something new, um, so I decided to give, excuse me, that. Nice. Pardon me. <laughs> I had to, I had to give um, Stephen Knight's uh, lock a go. I hadn't watched it yet. Where, um, huge Tom Hardy fan, so I was, was very much looking forward to it. Um, you've seen it, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, the most interesting Welsh accent you'll ever hear. Yeah. It, 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 what I'll say about it is, is um, I don't... You live in Wales, so you spend a lot of time around Welsh people. You're married to a Welsh lady. Um I, my mum's uh, husband is, is Welsh, um, but yeah, it, 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 it's, what I'll say about it is, is, it's like no Welsh accent I've ever heard, but it is consistent as the accent all the way through, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so there's that. Um, story essentially is, um, uh, Tom Hardy plays Ivan Locke, and at the start of the film, we see him get into a car and start on a journey, and the entire film is set in this car. The only actor we actually see on screen uh, is Tom Hardy, and he speaks to various people uh, on the phone uh, in the car, and he also speaks to himself, we'll say, in a way. I don't want to give too much away, because I think, I don't think this is quite in the States yet. I don't think. Uh, yeah, it has. As, as it, all oh, right. Fuck it. I'll spoil it. Then. I won't spoil it massively, but essentially, he's uh, having to explain. He's having to do his job. He's travelling down to London. He has to break some news to his wife, and he's got all these things going on. And essentially, the film is just as listening to him do this. And it is one of those one person, all one setting, and it's just kind of the. It, it's the script that's got to make it stand alive. Uh, Stephen Knight does some sort of interesting things in terms of the way that it, it's shot within the car and everything like that. But there's no, it's not overtly flashy, but it still looks quite. It, it still looks solid. It, it looks, 
you know, if I'd have seen this in the cinema, I'd have been perfectly happy. Um, it doesn't look like it's uncinematic, we'll say. Um, and Tom Hardy is very good. He's, you know, he has that kind of presence that can hold you for, you know, it's only 85 minutes long, I think, the film. But he has that presence that can quite easily hold you for, for that amount of time. Uh, you know, he's that, he's that kind of engrossing, uh, of an actor. And the film, with the, the bits that it's throwing out there and the, the things that are happening in Locke's life, um, on that night, they all kind of work really well. Uh, I'll be honest, I was more interested with the work side of it than I was the family side <laughs> yeah, of it. Yeah, uh, yeah, that, which that is the failure of the film, but you're right. <laughs> yeah, but it, it did. That I, I was a lot more invested in that, and that seemed like a more interesting kind of thing. It's I, I happily uh, watched... Europe. Yes. I, 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 would, I would happily watch another film a, a complimentary film that was what was going on with uh, Donald and Gareth and the other guys and showing it from their point of view and what's going on there. Jogging for ten minutes. Yeah, and stuff like that, you know, and, and that that kind of that I was more interested in that because I think that the the framing of the family stuff um, was a little bit flimsy. It, it worked well. Um, the you know the wife stuff and the interaction between that those bits worked really really well, but I just feel the the idea of what it was doing was a little bit. I'm not sure that that's enough. Well, there weren't there weren't any surprises to it. It was just like because they no, they, they let the cat out of the bag quite early on about what why he's doing this. Um, which, yeah. which we won't say here, but I mean, it's like probably the first fifteen minutes that, that he actually says this is what's happening. Oh yeah, yeah, he's yeah. And then I mean, like the rest of it, it's basically. I mean, they they do a little bit of faux like drama with 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 a certain aspect of that as it goes along, but yeah. you know, I mean, it is more. I mean, you're right. You know, because that bit is all so telegraphed and you're just waiting for the, 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 the bits to, like, for the dominoes to fall, that you, yeah. you genuinely don't know whether the concrete mix is going to be all right and, and whether that's all uh, whether that's all going to be all well, that's good. Because, yeah, and that, that becomes the more the more interesting part of the story. I don't know whether or not they, they, they were aware of that while they were making it. It's totally like There's no way they were. Yeah, it, 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 it does. It does kind of work better, and that is a much kind of more interesting thing. Um, I would say overall, as an overall film, I actually I really did enjoy Locke. I said, but it's it it is a solid film. But I think on an emotional level, it, it just misses its target. But also as well, it ends. It literally ends, and you're like, oh. Oh, that's it. We are we are literally just on the journey to there. We're not on the journey to where it thinks we're going. We're on the journey to 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 to, to essentially a noise down a phone. Yeah, I mean, and then it's like, oh, right. And I'm not I'm not sure that I wanted more or less, but I just felt a little bit like, ah, oh, was that it? Was there not more? 
or was there not something? I don't even mean like a big fucking... I, I absolutely didn't want to see anybody else. I just wanted it to be Tom Hardy. But I, I, it, it kind of it ended at a certain point where I thought, I have no kind of closure on what's gone on here. I feel a little bit let down by the film. Well, it's it's a bit. Well, what exactly was the point of that then? You know, for how yeah, novel, yeah, I, I, for, absolutely for how novel the filmmaking is. Uh, you know, um, the, the fact that the narrative is just that is a letdown. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it does. I mean, I like I like the real time um, aesthetic of it. Um, I like, you know, it, it's a really cleverly done way that they uh, they shot it. Uh, you know, it does look like he's like he's driving uh, throughout it. Uh, well, he was. That's the thing. Used... They just basically, I think they filmed it over the course of seven nights, where it was well, just that, him it, bombing it, it down a motorway. No, it, he's uh, the car's on a flatbed truck. Oh, but they are still going down the motorway though. They're going down the motorway. Yeah. Oh shit! But they're, they're actually not driving. He's not oh, actually driving. I defer. Apparently, that's what I, that's what I read. Which which when you read it, I read it. I thought that's fucking genius. That's genius. Yeah, that's I was wondering, you know, were they just going around? What is it? You know, but I thought there must be, you know, they, they mustn't have been able to let him go on like those roads um, whilst also acting. I mean, to think about all of all of that. Um, and, and so I was thinking that, so I had a quick look up for it, but yeah, apparently it literally was on the back of a flatbed truck, and they just had him like that, and then they just, they just kind of shot it so it always looked like, it, 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 the reason why they shot it in a 4x4 is so that they could get that, it being a little bit higher up look. Um, so yeah, it worked, worked really well. It, it's a solid film look, it's a solid 7.5 out of 10 for me, but I just never quite, got the emotionalness of it and I didn't find it I found it enjoyable and engrossing to watch but I didn't find it gripping yeah 3.5 for me um, I, I, I'm actually quite I'm a bit close to touching cloth on it I didn't I didn't hate it at all but I just I, I finished it just being like well I don't really know what the point of all that was but I had yeah, and I, I had I an okay enough that, time yeah. watching it you know yeah I can absolutely see see that within it yeah Cool, okay, man. Right. Um, all right, cool. So uh, let's get on to the first part of Ian and Mark's Subcocks in Hell. Uh, we're going to be talking about William Freakin's The Exorcist. Um, here's here's a trailer, which probably isn't going to be very good. Um, actually, it's going to be rubbish audio-wise, but fuck it. I named this my favourite trailer of all time on a top five we did on 35mm Heroes back in the day. You did, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. Um, so... Yeah. It's going to be rubbish for audio, but fuck it. Just imagine a bunch of really fast moving, like like going strobe images of shit happening in The Exorcist to this audio. Something beyond comprehension is happening to a little girl on this street, in this house. A man has been sent for, as a last resort. 
to try and save her. Okay, and uh, The Exorcist, directed by William Friedkin, starring uh, Ellen Burstyn, um, uh, Jason Miller, uh, Linda Blair, uh, Lee J. Cobb, um, Willi- uh, uh, Father William O'Malley, is that his name? Um, yeah. Yeah, cool. And um, and others. Um, oh, and Max von Sydow, for fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> wow. Um, and, you know, story is... Uh, Oh, it's The Exorcist. I don't need to tell you the story. Um, right, first off, Mark, which version did you watch? Uh, I watched the uh, uncut version. Okay, did it have something before it set before the Iraq sequence? No. It didn't have anything before the Iraq sequence? I don't think so. Did it have the spider walk? Yes. Huh. Huh. Well, how, how long was your version? 132. Yep. Yeah. It might have something for it then. I only watched it like a couple of hours ago. <laughs> right. Literally. I've seen a lot, I've seen this a lot of times, but I've seen both versions kind of a lot of times, so. Right. Have you ever seen a version of The Exorcist with something before it says William Peter Blatty's The Exorcist? Yeah, no. Fucking hell! Right, I I thought I was going mad. Right, another question before we get into this: the Warner Brothers logo at the start. What did it look like? Yeah, blue. When you say blue, like a bluey colour. Like the normal Warner Brothers logo. No, no different. Like a bluey. Different. Okay. Um, yeah, like like like, like, a, like, a, like a blue. Um, it's like a, you know, it's not like a sort of flat 2D image of the one with the logo. It looked like more. It was blue, uh, and it, it looked different to the to the standard one with the logo. Yeah. Right. Okay. You know, um, this is going to be really boring for people, but I need to, I need to find this. Exorcist 2000 Warner Brothers image. Come on. No, alright. That's not working. Fuck. Right, okay. Ah, here we go. Um, was it... 
Ugh. Was it this? Let me just have a wee little look. Yes. Right, okay. Okay, so you had that, and then it just said William Peter Black is the exorcist, like the normal... Yes. Right, okay. I watched the Blu-ray. I watched the 2000 extended director's cut. Mm-hmm. And there was a shot of the window of Reagan's house, and then it cut, and then it comes down... And then it it, it, it it kind of shows people walking along the street outside it, and then it cuts to a shot of a statue of an angel. And I then and then it said William Peter Black is the Exorcist. I'm sure that one online. Right. Okay. Yours. One last question. The ending of yours. Mm. Did it have? Kinderman talking to Father Dyer uh, about going to see Wuthering Heights. No. What the fuck version did... So, like, yours... Right. Did, your, did yours just end with, um, like, Father Dyer looking down the steps and then kind of tubular bells going and then it cuts to the credits? Yes. Right, okay, that's interesting. So we watched two different versions. So, okay. Two slightly different versions, yeah. yeah I've seen that. That's weird. Fucking... I, I don't have the Blu-ray of this, you see. So I watched the, um, I watched the uncut version, uh, or what was said to be the uncut version. Did you, um, did you, do, do you have the two-disc Blu-ray? I don't have the Blu-ray of it, no. Oh, okay. Uh, but I, 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 I watched it because I, um, I watched it on Skystar. Oh, do you know what? Do you know what? I think it might be. It might be. There's the theatrical version. Then I think 1998, they did the version mm. you've never seen. Yeah. And then in 2000, there was the extended director's cut. Fuck. I know we are taking a load of time about this, but, like, because I, I just, like, I started watching this. And first off, that Warner Brothers Lego came up, and I was like, I don't... Re- I don't recognise this. And then it, it, cut to, it, it cut to this. And I was like, shit, this... I've never seen this fucking version of The Exorcist before. And, mm. and, and, and also, there were subliminal images of Pazazu like, like, in bits of the film. Yeah. But, like, there's one yeah. where it's, like, literally, like, the, 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 the gas hob cover. Like, there's a, there's a shot where, um, Ellen Burstyn is in the kitchen and that, like, she's in front of, like, the gas hob and then, like, the extractor fan and, and like, a subliminal image of Pazazu just, like, flashes up. Ooh, yeah, definitely what in my version. But, like, that. a frame? It, oh man, okay, here we go. The DVD released, uh, retains the original practical ending and includes the extended, uh, ending with Dyer and Kinderman as a special feature. As opposed to the version you've never seen ending which features, uh, which features Dyer and Kinderman but omits the Casablanca reference. Right, okay, so the version I saw 
had the Casablanca stuff in it. Right, that's that's interesting. Okay, all right. So, Raul, okay, we watched two different versions. All right, because one of the things I wanted to say was this, this extended director's cut, it's weird seeing a film that you have seen many times before and then watching a version that you weren't expecting to be different but was different. Yeah, I, I, I can definitely imagine that. The thing is, I've seen, I've seen that many different, slightly different versions of, of this film over the years that, I'll be honest, I forget which bits I've not seen before because there's bits that I can't remember. Or if, if something comes up that I don't recognise, I just assume that I just haven't remembered it, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it just... I, I don't know. I mean, it, it just... It weirded me out, because I've seen The Exorcist a number of times, and just, like, it started off yeah. with this Warner's logo that I'm like, I don't recognise this. And then having that bit at the start, and, you know, these... When I didn't recognise it, I just thought, ooh, that must be a, a redone one for the um, the HD transfer, is what I thought. That's interesting, man. I mean, it's it's... There's a documentary on the two disc Blu-ray I've got about the different versions of the Exorcist. I'm fucking watching that tonight, man. I'm yeah, I, I, I'd be quite, I'd be quite interested to watch to watch that. Uh, it's one that I've, I've I've nearly picked up several times on Blu-ray. Because I was saying to Becky, this, this, you know, the strange thing about the Exorcist is it, it's such a seminal kind of not just a seminal horror movie, but a seminal movie uh, to watch that when you're a when you a movie fandom, but the majority of movie fans you develop the movie fandom um, is developed sort of late, sort of uh, early sort of teens. And The Exorcist is one of those films you watch sort of quite early. So, I mean, I think I was, I never watched it when it, it, it came back. I think, well, in fact, I watched The Exorcist for the first time on a, um, a, a recorded copy of it because it's technically still banned in the UK mm. uh, when I watched it. Uh, so I rec- watched it on a recorded VHS that was given to me by one of the guys who worked at the the, the uh, video shop I used to rent videos from, uh, and that was when I first watched it. So I was maybe thirteen, maybe uh, when I first watched it, and I've watched it a few times since then. I've maybe watched it eight, nine times uh, over you know every month. I watched it quite a lot when I was a kid, probably, but I've probably watched it you know probably not watched it for like four or five years. Um, so it's one of those that I don't I don't revisit a lot, um, but with doing the Exodus for the podcast, I was very much you know what yeah I get I get an excuse to watch the Exodus again. Now then I'm very much looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean I yeah I mean I suppose moving on to the film the film itself from my from my point of view instead of just like talking about the versions of it, um, I was really looking forward to it. I mean I remember. Um, I, I mean, I, I first saw The Exorcist from um, when it was released on VHS in the UK, like legitimately, and I copied the rental version of it. And um, mm. our school were having a sponsored stay awake all night thing. And uh, <laughs> right. I brought in uh, a, a, a copy of of The Exorcist on VHS and watched it in, in, in our school hall, which was <laughs> pretty crazy. Um, they actually let you put that on? I, I don't know, yeah. I suppose so. Fucking hell. I, I think That's I must mad. have been 13, 14, you know. And, um, actually, yeah, no, I would have been, I would have been about 15. Um, and I remember at the time, just like, 
everyone kind of going, oh, you know, where's the scary stuff? Where's the scary stuff? And there's a big thing about The Exorcist now about, you know, like, like modern teenagers watch it and they kind of laugh at it. But the thing is, it's not a film made for teenagers. It's a horror film, even though I noticed the back of the Blu-ray says it's a supernatural thriller. Um, you're right. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, you okay? Yeah. Um, oh, hello, Lottie. Uh, I've been joined by Lottie for a couple of minutes. Um, yeah. So, yes, um, where they say uh, it's a supernatural thriller, and it's just like, I'll just be man enough to call it a horror, you know. But Yeah, it's a horror film. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's the thing, you know. And it, it, But it, it, it was made at a time when horror films were for adults, and generally cinema was for mm. adults. And watching it now, like, I, I actually think The Exorcist may be the best horror film ever made. I, 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 mean, I, I will come out there and say that. I think it is genuinely unnerving. Um, technically, it is perfect. And what it's got to say about faith, and, and, and personal faith, not even like organised religion or anything like that, and what it is to believe in something despite everything in your life pointing you to not believe in that. I, I, I mean, I, I mean, basically Jason Miller's character arc, I, I think is incredibly bold. And, um, I, 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 I don't know, man. I, it is, a, it has jumped up there in my favorite films of all time on this watch. And I've got to say, the Blu-ray looks amazing and the audio is incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, just like, whenever yeah. Reagan's like, doing her thing and they're all downstairs, you can just hear her snarling in the rear channels. And it is mm. so fucking unnerving, but it's awesome. Mm. Um, I mean, I'm where I'm with, with, with the film is, uh, it, it's one of those films, like I say, where you, you go back to it and watch it and, um, and you just kind of take for granted um, that The Exorcist is a great movie uh, and that it's a fantastic movie. And it isn't so you sort of go back and start watching it, or for me, it isn't so I go back and start watching it again um, every few years. When I'm watching it, I'm going, actually, you know what? This isn't, this, it isn't just a great movie. This is, this is fucking uh, masterpiece levels of, of filmmaking, the fact that you've got this opening where the the, the rap bit and it, there's so much noise going on uh, there, and everything's frenetic and frantic, and there's all this this pounding noise going on, and then all of a sudden it just stops, mm. and it just cuts, and you get quiet, and it, it's those bits that make it. And like you were saying, on a technical level and on a directorial level, it is pretty much perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, freaking is. You know, he's so well balanced with it, and he's got absolutely the power of your hand. And you're watching it going, this is this is level above uh, filmmaking. This is top level yeah. um, filmmaking. Yeah. Uh, everything is, you know, is perfect, and everything, you know, there's a there's such a a control and confidence, and everything seems like it's like when freaking made it, it was exactly as he wanted it to look. That is how I want it to look. And it just seems like a guy who was just absolutely in the zone at the time. 
um, was so confident in his own ability and so knowing of his own ability. And also, there's, there's a definite style to it as well. It looks absolutely brilliant, but it's so, from literally the first two minutes, it's got you for the entire duration of the movie. It's absolutely got you. And if it doesn't get you, then it, it, it is your fault. It's not the film's fault. Yeah. Um, it is so, so good. I, I, I would, I'd have to agree, it, it, it probably is, from watching it again, you do finish it and go, it's The Exorcist. But I think it's a film that is so good that it's, it, 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 it almost is to its detriment in a way. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the, the, the thing is, I mean, it's, it's like 40 years old now, and I mean, it, it genuinely, for me, it hasn't lost any of its power, and I mean, no, it, it's, no, it, it's for both, like, the celebrated, like, you know, your mother sucks fox in hell, and, um, you know, their, 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 their head spinning stuff, which is still awesome, but, it's, I mean, again, I mean, I mentioned it earlier on, but like, um, uh, you know, Father Karras's storyline, I mean, like the, when he walks in to the room towards the end and there's just that image of his mum all in white and it just, yeah. it's so chilling and it, like, it, it just, the whole kind of playing on his, you know, that he should have been there. And I like, I mean, I like the fact as well that, and I never really picked up on this before, and maybe more for me, but the the fact that basically he took his mum out of that nursing home and then she died because, you know, he took her out of there. She didn't want to be there. He took her out and she, you know, she died because she wasn't being taken care of. You know, mm. I, I mean, that that is what it was, wasn't it? It wasn't just because they say, oh, she was all alone. Yeah. So you know, and, yeah, that, that, that's that, that's the, that's the way I read it. Yeah, definitely, yeah. And the fact that, like, literally, he says, "Oh, I'm going to get you out, out, Mama. I'm going to get you out." And then, pretty much the next scene, it's it's mentioned kind of in passing between two other characters that his mum died. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's oh, yeah, his mum died last week or something. And you know that 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 dream that he has with um her like coming out the 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 subway and then kind of going back in the tunnel. I, I mean, it just it's. I don't know, it's it's really quietly chilling stuff. And what you're saying there about the noise and then the cutting, I mean, the, the the fact that, I mean, there's really not a lot of music in this film at all. Um, no, the, 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 the tubular bells thing only rings out, like, a couple of times. twice. It's like, it's yeah. um, when... Um, Early on when she's Ellen walking. Burstyn's walking home, and then yeah. at the end. At the end. You know, and yet, yeah, this film is, I mean, Tubular Bells is synonymous with this film. Uh, it's, yeah. um, I, I, oh. Also as well, you know, the, the fact is, is I, I, I forgot while I was watching it how actually, how short a portion of the film is the exorcism. Oh, mate, it's like literally, what, 25, the last 25 minutes? Yeah. Uh, you know, and in my brain always, it's like, You've got the build-up, and then, like, I, I, in my brain, it's always a good sort of half the film is is the exorcism, but it's not. It, it's there's so much more, so much more to the exorcist than than just the bits that that it's most synonymous with. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean the fact that the title, the title character as well, he's in the opening ten minutes, and then he disappears for about an hour and thirty-five minutes. You know, it's uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean that's the thing. I mean, it's it's it, it, I mean, it's about Ellen Burstyn's character, and I mean, uh, you know, the 
I, I like the way that they say, that, you know, that, that, that conversation about, like, well, why, why her? And it's like, because, you know, Satan is trying to show that he can corrupt anyone and it's basically all use. It, everything is useless. It's all for shit. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it, sorry, it's, it's, like, like you said, there's, there's a lot going on. You know, you've got the, the, the Regan stuff. You've also got what's going on uh, with Jason Miller's character, with Bernstein's character. And all these things, kind of, they, they, they all kind of happen at the same time. They weave each other into the story so well and so seamlessly. There's no, there's not a single moment, I think, in the Exodus where you could go, oh, that doesn't make sense, though. Sure. Or what about, there's no moments in that. It all fits together nicely, you know, perfectly, and just works so incredibly well. And like you say, it, it's 48, 41 years old, and it in no way feels dated or aged or anything. It's still, if it was released now, um, and you get the thing where people say, you know, Nexus, if it's, you know, now it looks tame like that. It really doesn't. It, it, it still has that uncomfortableness and everything like that. And it's it, it's not as that it's... I don't think Nexus is trying to be scary as such. I think it's trying to be unsettling. And it is still deeply unsettling. Yeah, totally. And I mean, like, there's... there's... There's, I mean, there, there, there are the the scenes of the, the of, of Reagan kind of losing a shit. I mean, actually, there's, I will say, in the extended director's cut, there's one scene early on where she's being tested by doctors and she's kind of seeming a bit out of it, which I, I don't recognise the scene. And um, like, and uh, you know, and um, the, the doctor kind of takes Alan Burstyn into a room and he's just like, oh, you know, she was using bad language and like he. he it's like, and she's like, "What language?" And he was like, "Oh, well, you know, he's cunt." And then Alan Burstyn just starts laughing, and um, <laughs> you know, which I, I thought was interesting. But I, I, I don't know. I like the way that her character, she is kind of essentially kind of a, a liberal, and she's having to, you know, confront these things which are completely different, separate from her. On uh, her world view, in order to save a daughter, I mean, I think that I think that's fascinating. But then, I mean, also the kind of like the the invasive hospital stuff, which goes on for a long time. But I think that that's intended, yeah. you know. And I mean, like the um, when when um, uh, uh, Reagan has that spinal and just like her kind of like grimacing and stuff. I mean, and, and then it just cuts and it's like, yeah, there's nothing there, you know. It, it's really horrible, horrible stuff, you know, I mean, like, the, the way she's being invaded by both the doctors trying to help her and also this demon. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know, it's interesting stuff. And I, I also like the fact that it's not like the Catholic Church come to save the day or anything. I mean, it's, it's two men, you know, I, I mean, like, one yeah. who's, whose faith is shaken, one whose faith is really, like, spot on and, 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 Justified by what he's seen, it's I I think that's interesting, and the idea of priests just being men, which is something that isn't really like seen in cinema all that much. Like priests are gen like generally just fit a stereotype in cinema. But you look at a film like Calvary or something. I mean, like you know, Brendan Gleeson's character is a man, 
you know, he's a fully fle- fleshed out man. And the priests here do as well. I mean, even Father Dyer, he doesn't get as much to do as as, as Karras or, or even Merrin, but he, he still, it he, feels, he feels like, like he's got like outside the priest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it doesn't feel just like a cutout. Exactly. You know, it, it, he, he seems like he's got an actual kind of personality. Exactly. Yeah, I didn't mean, mean, yeah, it's, it's a good point on that. It's, the, the, pre, the priests are not just shown as, well, they're a priest and that's it. There's, there's life beyond that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I mean, uh, following on from that, I mean, Kinderman and, um, his conversation with, um, Karras about, um, films. And, I mean, again, in yeah. the version I saw, there's a, there's a bit of that with Father Dyer at the end as well. And, um, I, I don't know, it, it just, this stuff that, A, it gives you a respite from, from the house. Um, but also, it, it just, I, it, it makes things just feel, it makes it feel more like a real world. And in, yeah. in, in doing that, it makes the horror stuff all the more chilling because that feels like it's all it, it's real world as well. And yeah. I, I mean, it just—it's—I I don't know, man. It is I, the the extended director's cut stuff. I I, I think is problematic. Um, even though I think the. I'd be intrigued to see what you think of this cut, though. But I mean, like the the, the Dyer Kinderman stuff at the, at the end, I actually quite like. But the subliminal Pazazu imagery, I'm not so big on. Um, I mean, the spider walks interesting, but it's a bit. I think it's a bit too much. I I, I don't need the spider walk. I think, like you said, I think it goes. It, it it takes you out of it a little bit. I don't know. I mean, like, I think the next time I watch The Exorcist, which well, it won't be nearly as long as a gap as it was between my last time watching it and now, I think I'm going to stick with the original theatrical version. But um, for those who are interested, I mean, this this Blu-ray version, the extended director's cut, it looks great and it sounds great, and it's I don't know. There's some interesting extra material in there. Um, yeah, it's got both cuts on it and that that version the thing is it's got the theatrical cut on one disc and this version on the other disc but then it sounds like you watched the you watched like the in between version yeah it does sound like that like I say I watched it uh, I, I watched it on uh, Sky On Demand so yeah so I don't know that's interesting but um I don't know, I, I think we talked about that for a while actually so I'm, I'm yeah I'm kind of happy to leave it there oh Linda Blair fair play to her like they're very good, very good. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 this was always one of those films where it, it's quite simply definitely not, definitely not shit. I don't think there was ever going to be a point where we we're going to go, yeah, it's a bit shit. Yeah, it's, it's a definitely not shit. One, one of the most definitely not shits we'll ever have on this show. Yeah, I was thinking about this actually. This is probably the most celebrated movie I think we've ever actually reviewed and spoken about. Yes. Um, and it was, I, I felt a little bit intimidated by it. I like, fucking hell, you know, there's been like, like actual books, several books written about The Exorcist. There's been documentaries made about The Exorcist, and then we're going to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, totally. But I mean, I, I don't know. It just, you know, a lot of the time with like great films, I, I, I just say, you know, everything that's been said about it has been said, and. I, I, I do think that um, there is an extent to which everything that has been said, it could be said about it, has been said. But I, I don't know. It just there's there's 
good, solid stuff of worth, of real, genuine worth of this film, that it feels like, yeah, just talk about it some more. Yeah, it, it's... It's one of those films like, I, I think I think I just don't appreciate how brilliant it is until I'm watching it. And I actually ordered, um, after I watched it, ordered the, the uh, Kermode book on it. Oh, nice. Okay. Because about halfway through it, I thought, maybe halfway through it, really early into it, actually, um, because it was doing the, um, the Iraq bit, I actually thought, do you know what? I, I, I could quite happily read a book where somebody who loves and adores this movie is explaining their experience with it and all of that with it and sort of giving over that. I might not end up agreeing with a lot of the points, but I thought this is a film where I can see it being a really enjoyable read just to read somebody going into how much they adore this movie. Mm. Yeah, yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to, to reading that. And uh, Nate's week, Exorcist 2, The Heretic. Yeah. <laughs> I've not seen I've, I've only seen that twice. I've not seen it in a long time. I've only seen it once, and it was like over a decade ago. I'm I'm very, very interested in a rewatch. That's scored by Ennio Morricone, I believe. Yes, yeah. uh, it, it is. Um, I'm, 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 I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, yeah. We'll see next week. It could be interesting, that one. Yeah, nice. Um, so, yeah, two definitely not shits. Um, okay, we've got some listening feedback. We've actually got an email. Oh, nice. Yeah, so this is uh, Richard J. Winters III, who says, uh, Loved your review of Donald the Planet of the Apes, I was, uh, as I was sure I would. I agree that it's... And actually, by the way, this is how long we haven't done listener feedback for. This was sent on August the 4th. Um, Ooh. Yeah, so brutal. Apologies, guys. We will be back on uh, on that on a weekly basis. Yeah. Uh, summer holidays through us all to cock. Yeah. Um, okay, I, I agree that it's a very good film with some flaws, but the biggest problem I have with it, which keeps it from being my favourite of the film of the year so far, is one you didn't mention. I think they went too far to make Cobra evil. Not early in the film when he just invents a perfectly understandable hatred of humans. Not even when he attempts to assassinate Caesar. I totally get why he does that. In this society, Caesar's word is law. Cobra is convinced Caesar is wrong. But what can he do about it? Start a petition, run against him in the next election. Ape society isn't democratic, and in its undemocratic society's dissidents have no other option than revolution, which incidentally is a pretty good argument for political freedom aside from being an interesting plot point. But then Cobra murders Ash for not following orders, imprisons apes who are loyal to Caesar, and finally, just in case we haven't got it yet, lifts rubble off an ape to take his gun and then drops the rubble back onto his chest. It's too much. Caesar and Cobra both have valid positions that can be justified within the narrative, and there's no reason both couldn't have acted in good faith for the good of the tribe as each saw it and found that this inevitably led to conflict between them. Instead, the filmmakers seemed to have gotten worried that folks wouldn't know who to cheer for in the final confrontation, so they went out of their way to say, yes, Cobra's the bad guy. He has some heroic scenes in the film, I just wish he'd been heroic throughout. Instead of being made into a power-mouthed narcissist at the end, his death should have been tragic, we ought to weep for Cobra, instead when Caesar tells him you fight only for Cobra, we are forced to agree. They should have trusted us to decide who to cheer for. Anyway, fellas, great review as always, just wanted to share my own thoughts and see whether you agree with me. Keep doing good work. Uh, thanks, Richard. So, um, oh. Yeah, thanks, Richard. Yeah. Um, I would just say, um, there's a scene where Cobra and Caesar fight, and Caesar kick, uh, like basically beats him, 
I think Cobra's turning point is there, uh, where he kind of like, um, uh, he, he kind of offers his hand to him and whatnot. I, I think Cobra's turning point is there, and from then on, he is just like, right, fuck this. I'm, I'm doing my thing now. I actually think they kind of set him up as being a bit evil um, earlier on. Um, even though I would agree, I think it's more interesting at the start where he is kind of like Caesar's right-hand man and just doesn't agree with everything Caesar does. But at the same time, I kind of think I'd rather see that than just Gary Oldman fighting Caesar. I, yeah, I definitely see that. But I think that there's some, there's some definite kind of, yeah, where I'm going, where I was listening going, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, they, they maybe do go a, a, a little bit kind of ham-fisted with it um, to a point of where it is a little bit like it, it is maybe a few steps too far. I can definitely sort of see that. And I can see one of those things that maybe on future watches, uh, when I was and I have just been amazed at, the, at what I'm seeing, uh, kind of making me go, actually, you know, yeah. And uh, they, they do kind of draw a lot of a lot of sympathy out of a character that could have could have retained uh, a little bit of that that sympathy for it. Um, I can see why they did it. It doesn't go a little bit too far sometimes. I couldn't possibly say, yeah, maybe it does a little bit, yeah. Um, but I'd be interested to see on a rewatch whether or not that that plays across. Yeah, definitely. I'd agree with that. I I reserve the the, the right to kind of change my thinking on that. Um, but I, I, I think they do set it up a bit. I think that, the, the, for me, the progression was a little bit smoother than I, I, I think it obviously was for Richard. But, um, yeah, it, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I, I think it's a very solid point. It was very well put as well. So, um, yes, mm. very good. Um, okay, cool. Um, yeah, thank you, Richard. And, uh, Twitter questions. Yes, have you got them? Ah, oh, fuck, no, I don't. Um, all right. Well done, us. Uh, Lottie has now left the building. Been, well, left the room. Someone's been a complete bitch at the moment. That's why. Okay, here we go. Uh, uh, I've got him. Cool. Okay, so ah, uh, fuck, we're gonna have to go back a while, aren't we? Um, yeah, got a few to go back. Okay. Uh fucking hell. Oh, Christ, are we really going this far back? Um, at Rick J. Kidd, you have to recast the three leads in The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly using current actors. Who did you choose? Oh, we, did that. we did that. I think we did that, Okay, yeah. fine, cool. Did we? Oh, did we? Did we? I, we might not have done, actually. I don't, I don't know what we did, actually, on that. I think that might be the one we have to go back to. Okay, so uh, The Good, Bad, The Ugly, current actors... Um, okay, so the good, good, the good, the good, the good. Um, okay, so you're looking for somebody in their kind of 30s or 40s. Mm, yeah, on that one. Uh, kind of got that kind of swagger. Yeah, it's a tough one that one because Eastwood Eastwood's a very singular, a very singular looking, looking kind of presence, isn't it? So it, it, you kind of got to go for something that will kind of sit well with that. Um, who could you go for? I'm almost world. almost tempted to go down like even though it'd be a bit of a kind of like a 
nationality change, but kind of like an Oscar Isaac kind of. I'd be intrigued to I see what see he that, can yeah. do with that. Yeah, I'd go for, in that one, um, I don't know, I might come back to that one. Who are we going for next? Uh, okay. The bad. To the bad. All right. I don't know, like Powers Booth. Oh, John Hawks is a good one, mind. Yeah, Powers Booth's a good one, actually, yeah. John, I'd go for John Hawks. Uh, Mark Boone Jr. Shit it off. That is a fucking... Oh, my God. That is... Yeah. Yeah. And for the, for the good... Ah. God, Mark Boone Jr., that's a great choice. You just that, that, that just jumps out to me. That's the guy you've got to go for with that. Um, for the good... You kind of want somebody... Cause the thing with Eastwood is... is he looks and he's got that athletic build of a badass, but he doesn't look like a badass. He looks like the kind of he looks like the kind of guy who would cut his neighbour's lawn if his neighbour was not very well. You know, like, like that kind of really nice guy. He would refer to everybody as man. Um. So you don't want to go anyone that looks too badass, that looks too kind of like gnarly, but you want somebody who just has that fucking authoritative glare that Eastwood has. So I'd maybe... Like to, maybe a slightly more buffed up Patrick Wilson. Maybe, yeah. No, you're not feeling that, alright. I'm not... He I, 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 I doesn't, I doesn't seem like he could take an ass kick in. Daniel Craig? I like... Oh, yes, yes, absolutely. Sorry, who yes. are you going to say? I kept interrupting there. Daniel Craig. No, I was trying to think of somebody. Couldn't think of anybody. But Daniel Craig. Yes. So we've got Daniel Craig. Yeah. Mark Boone Jr. Yeah. And who was the other one? John Hawks. John Hawks. Shit, that's a film you'd see. That, I, I, do you know what? If they said they were remaking Good One Ugly and that was the cast, I'd be there going, yeah, do you know what? I'm all right with that. Spot on, let's do this. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Nice. I'm, I'm totally on that one. Okay, cool. Uh, next, I mean, I'll, I'll go a bit random with this. We asked people for their top three uh, uh, Robin Williams um, uh, performances. Um, so Johnny Wright, 3110, says uh, number three, Jack. Number two, Insomnia. That's a brave choice. Number two, Insomnia. Number one, Goodwill Hunting. Um, literally, just going through all of these. Uh, Avery Cinematic, while eating my breakfast and reading uh, Twitter today, I saw a pic of Ian Loring's ass. What did I do to deserve this? Um... <laughs> Oh, bless you, Fight Fest. Uh, well, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Um, and uh, Mike said, where is Dude Foz's other hand? It was up my bum bum. Uh, okay, um... Okay, uh, Rick J. Kidd, what were your best, worst, and biggest surprise films of the summer blockbuster season? Oh, yeah, I suppose it's wrapping up time, isn't it? Um, 
best, worst, biggest surprises. Uh, biggest surprise, Edge of Tomorrow, because I wasn't expecting anything from that film at all. Um, My biggest surprise was uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Nice. Um, uh, which is also would be my best as well. Yeah, Guardians and Dawn of the Planet of the Apes are kind of tied for me for best. Um, worst, I can't, I can't think of anything Sin else. City. Oh, Sin City. Fuck. Sin City, yeah, but out of the big, big blockbusters, I'm going Godzilla. And I know you don't agree with me with that. No, I, I actually quite enjoyed Godzilla. Yeah, I, um, I, I will rewatch that before the end of the year. But I know Noel watched I, it the other day and thought it was shit as well. So uh. <laughs> uh, out of the big, I, I don't think there was. I don't think there's any real clangor. I'll be honest. Um, I watched uh, Cats of America: The Winter Soldier the other day, uh, and I had really high hopes for it. And I didn't think it was a bad film, but at the end of it. I was still very much... I wouldn't say it's, it's the worst, but I was a little bit disappointed because I, when it finished, I just thought, it's just another Marvel film. It just felt like another Marvel film. I didn't get any of the... of what I was hoping or that would arrive from it, that it would be like a, a 70s espionage thriller. It just felt like another Marvel film. Mm. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I, I like Captain America, but I, I kind of agree with that, to be honest. But I liked it, so never mind. Um, yeah. Okay, at Very Cinematic, is cloud-based storage a sensible solution for the modern security-conscious Hollywood actress? No. <laughs> uh, no, no, quite simply not. Um, I mean, I've been a little bit... I mean, to be honest, the thing is... is, is and this is going slightly kind of off topic of, of what we talk about, uh, I suppose. Um, but it has links into what we do talk about here. Um, I, I've avoided talking to people about this on, on, online because I think it's the sort of thing where, you know, the online forum that I use majority of the stuff is, is Twitter, and I've, I've been I've not been on it as much recently um, past few weeks because because of personal issues and because I'm not been very well. Um, and stuff like that, but I was a little bit taken back in the the reverence that people had for this, uh, and the the ridiculousness and the absolute patheticness of some people saying, "Oh, well, if she didn't want it to be seen, she shouldn't have taken them." I'm sorry, but per people between them personally should be allowed to do these things yeah. um, without fear of this. I have, I will fully admit, I have. I have seen some of the images. I have not looked at the images. I don't want to look at them. I don't care. I'm not judging other people that have looked at them. You want to look at them? Fine. That's your decision to make. It's your prerogative to make and everything like that. But you people should know it with the with the knowledge that that isn't somebody uploading that online themselves. That is somebody who has taken those shots in the privacy of a home, a hotel, or whatever, with their partner at the time. And their partner hasn't uploaded them by a spite or anything like that. They have been stolen and put out there. Yep. And, sorry, you can see tits 
on the internet anywhere. Why do you need to see those particular person's tits? It just, it, it bothers me. It's, it's an invasion into to these people's private lives. And it, for some reason, it's the attitude that people have had towards it has made me go a little bit like, I'm sorry, fuck off. Yeah, pretty you much. Know, if you want to look at them, look at them. But video record yourself jacking off and upload it. Have the fucking balls of your own conviction to do it. You wouldn't do that, would you? Nobody would fucking do that. Mm. But it's the same invasion. I, I found it a little bit... It's, it's annoyed me, it's bothered me. I didn't think it would. But it has really, really bothered me, to be honest. Yeah. And I'm getting a fucking... I'd, I, I usually don't have a fucking high horse and a soapbox in anything. <laughs> you know? But on this one, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm in, I'm in agreement with those who have kind of condemned it a lot, to be honest. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just... I, I don't know. I got very uncomfortable... I've looked at, uh, I have looked at a couple of them. I got very uncomfortable with it just thinking genuinely. I know it sounds kind of, I know it kind of sounds a bit cornball, but if I was Jennifer Lawrence's parents and I saw that my daughter had had these images leaked online, I, 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 I would be distraught, you know, and if, it's, there's very much a difference between her actively doing this in a film and these images and all these other actresses and, you know, stuff they've done in the privacy of their own home actually coming out there. And I, I, there is a kind of a base primal thrill of like, oh, shit, this, this stuff's leaked online. But when you actually like have a sober head and think about it for two seconds, it is just like, no, that's really, really wrong that I had that reaction. Hmm. Like I say, I, 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 I don't want to play a moral high ground with people. Everyone make your own decisions, but I, I just felt it was, it showed a nasty side of, uh, of kind of social media and things like that, a side that is a little bit uncomfortable, yep. really. You know, it's people should have a private life and they should have the freedom. No matter how much they sell themselves in the public, there is a certain level of that. And, you know, if when my daughter is of age, when she's 23, 24, if she's got a partner and they want to take photos akin to those, you know, that's fine. Sex is a very important part of relationships and, you know, and fun and stuff like that within a couple is an important thing. You know, I have no problem that. If she wants to do that, that's how her and her partner, be it male or female, get, do that thing. I'm fucking cool with that. I don't want to fucking see him, but I, I, you know, that's, that's fine. People get enjoyment the way you want to get it as long as you're not fucking harming anybody else. But then if the motherfucker or the bitch uploads them and she don't want them uploading, that's when I'll get pissing mm. about it. It's it, it, it's that. It's not the the image the images exist. It's the fact that they've got out there and they shouldn't have done it. I think that's wrong. Fair enough, man. Um, yeah, I don't don't disagree with that at all. Um, <laughs> okay, and uh, last question because I need to wrap it up soon is from TGB seventy three. Uh, what's the worst thing you can CGI? Um, in my opinion, it's fire, says him. 
frankly, fire and explosions. Uh, breath. Oh, social network. Social network. And uh, Didn't need it. blood as well. Yeah, blood. Just use a squib. Straight up. Use a blood squib. It, it works better. You know, and it's probably cheaper. Yep. Absolutely, man. Um, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, but fire doesn't like shit, yeah. Fire looks like shit. What is it? It does. Um, okay, so um, next week's show. What have we got coming out? So the box trolls, uh, a most wanted man, and pride are the big releases. Um, which one of those are you most wanting to see? A most wanted man, probably. It will be a most wanted man next week. Then, assuming we can both get to see it, we'll also uh, yeah. we'll also do some one old one new, uh, the usual stuff, and the next part in uh, Ian and Mark Cox in Hell as we take a look at uh, the Exorcist Two Heretic. Uh, and that's going to be it. Uh, good session, that one, I think, today. And, uh, Mark, anything else to say? Uh, no, no, nothing. Uh, just the usual. Uh, thank you very much for listening, guys. Yep, thank you very much, folks, as always. And, uh, yeah, we'll leave it there. Catch you next week, and have a good one. Bye-bye. Cheers, mate.